Welcome everyone to the Bourbon Boys podcast. What began as three drunks writing a weekly newsletter has evolved into four drunks talking into microphones about SEC football. I am Cousin Bailey and joined as always by Malt Liquor, Gus, and our producer, Doc Rick. Welcome back to the Bourbon Boys. Before I pass the mic over to this week's host, just something real quick. I was asked recently, Cousin Bailey, how can we support the Bourbon Boys? Well, here are a few ways, actually. Number one, you can give us a good rating and review on your platform. Number two, subscribe to the podcast. Number three, let's face it, you all know someone who likes SEC football, so share this episode with them. Number four, you can support our sponsors. And number five, if, you're an up, if you know of an up-and-coming business, put them in contact with me about how to be a sponsor. Now that all that's out of the way, let me send it over to Gus, who has the honors again because, well, you'll find out. I appreciate that, Cousin Bailey. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it was kind of a dreary week um, this past <laughs> yeah. weekend. Uh, all the bourbon boys, all four of us went four and five. Ouch. Not not very good. Along with the the Gators losing to fucking Mark Stoops. God, that guy's an idiot. The fucking idiot. Anyhow, overall scores. Harry would be disappointed. He would be. He would be. So uh overall standings. I still have a one game lead thanks to my Vandy pick on the first, on week zero. I'm 12 and 9. Malt Liquor and Dr. Riffick are both 11 and 10. And Cousin Bailey, <coughs> 8 Sorry. and 13. Insurmountable, I tell you. It's insurmountable. So, yeah, pretty shitty week uh, for college football last week for, for us here on the podcast. I'm, uh, I'm here in Chicago, which is awesome. So you may hear some sirens in the background. You may hear the L train go by. Um, Gunshots. I was put up in a courtyard, or not a courtyard, a residence inn. It's actually a really nice residence inn, but unfortunately, I'm on the sixth floor and I hear fucking everything. So that's that's awesome. But looks uh, like you, you have a kitchen. I do. Yeah, it's a residence inn, so they're all suites. So nice. Remember yeah, we had that rhythm, the party at the residence inn, our senior year. Y'all remember that? There's a lot of parties at a residence inn. The one out. Uh, in I, I, I was involved in one, like personally. It was great. Oh, the one in Almerton, right? Yeah, the one in Elmerton. It was after homecoming night or prom night. I can't remember. There may or may not have homecoming. been limits. Oh, yeah. It was everything. And then yeah, the, next day, sure the, uh, the next day, the next uh, day, uh, the hotel manager made us vacuum and clean the whole place up. And if it wasn't for a, an, a, a very coincidental piece of gum, they would have noticed that the handrail on the stairs going up to the stairs was broken as well. But at the last second... We put some gum on it and shoved it real close so it wasn't hanging off. Yeah, smart, smart. Good thinking there. Good thinking. So we'll go ahead and uh, get into it. But first, see what everybody's drinking. Malt liquor, what you got, buddy? So um, I'm out of beer. So another way to support me would be to send me some beer. Um, But I do have a... Getting over my cold, so figure a little bit of uh, more bourbon. This time it's just bourbons on the rocks, a little bullet. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, kind of drowning my sorrows after that loss. But uh, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, as we get into the 
the uh, the slate here. Cuz, what are you drinking, man? So, taking a page out of last week's malt liquor, I'm having a uh, a hot toddy, a homemade hot toddy. I, I have a proprietary recipe that I'm very proud of, but I'm drinking um, Woodford Reserve Double Oak. I'm a huge fan of it. I didn't realize I was a big fan of the oaked bourbons, but this one is fantastic. And I got it at uh, Sam's Club today, and it was at least like five or six bucks cheaper than anywhere else. So I didn't pass it up. And my daughter, when we got to the cash register, asked if she could try it, which I thought was a little possibly inappropriate. So I laughed it off like, you've never had bourbon before? What are you talking about? Which isn't 100% true, but that's okay. You know, teething, et cetera. But anyways, uh, so yeah, I'm probably going to have a couple hot toddies and probably just end up breaking down and drinking regular old bourbon at some point. But hey, kind of cold. Dr. Riffick. Uh, I went back to the Old Faithful. So Dragoon. <laughs> Dragoon Pilsner. All right. It's a fantastic, fantastic cerveza. <laughs> and since I'm in Chicago, I went to the 7-Eleven because that's all they have around here that sells packaged liquor. Um, and I'm, I'm over on, on West Loop. I don't know. I'm downtown. Uh I'm drinking an Oktoberfest, which I don't like Oktoberfest beers. I don't like the whole fall selection, but this was about as good as it got, I guess. I also have Miller Lite just in case I need a fucking backup. But uh, this is from Revolution Brewing. It's their Oktoberfest German-style lager. It's actually not that bad. Um, I've never heard of Revolution Brewing. I don't think they've made their way down to the south. Um, And on their can... They made it. They make it be known that it's proudly brewed only in Chicago. So they haven't sold out yet, is what they're trying to tell you. But I'm sure so they're on the horizon, or maybe Goose yeah. Island owns them. Who fucking knows? So you're in Chicago. You're in MAGA country, according to Jesse Smollett. <laughs> oh, really? Did anybody tell Lori Lightfoot that? Because uh, let me tell you, it was such a blessing hearing her voice while I was waiting for my my luggage on the carousel, welcoming welcoming me to Chicago. It was, I get it was lost crazy. in her dead eyes. Her oh. dead eyed stare just brings yeah. me in. She looks yeah. like a fish of some, like a blowfish or something, right? Well, it's yeah. basically going to be the purge because you can't even be arrested anymore. Not until the twenty third. Everything is historically safe in Chicago. Oh, okay. So, oh, sorry, sorry. That's in Illinois, where many violent crimes, including kidnapping and a second degree murder and attempted murder. Or will be uh, cash. Well, they'll they'll waving. They're waving bail. I love it. I, I get out of here on the twenty third. So, oh, perfect. Just you're gonna time. just make it. Just it's gonna be time. like that scene in movies where like the plane's taking off and either like the zombie attack or the alien attack shows up and you just get out. I'm out. Oh, I'm like out. the Brad Pitt movie. What was that? World War Z. World yeah, War Z. where they're just taking off and all the zombies are everywhere. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Boy, talk about a movie that didn't do the book justice, but whatever. Just shit. Well, I hope uh, Heat 2 does justice. That's right. Dr. Riffick sent me a, a copy of Heat 2, the book, the novel. So, And so what I've read, I can't wait to crack into it. It, it basically picks up where uh, Chris Shaharlis is hurt. Val Kilmer. Yep. <clears throat> That's fantastic. All right, Gus, 
yeah. So without further ado, like let's get into this slate of games. Cuzzo, you got the you got the noon kickoff. Let's do it, buddy. I do have the noon kickoff. So the, the, this is uh, doing a disservice to the number two or number one team in your hearts or in your program. Georgia is traveling to South Carolina. Uh, Georgia easily took care of their um, Sam Sam Ford last week. They scored thir- they beat them thirty three to zero. Um, but they, they scored zero points, I think in the second half, but let's just be honest. They, I, you know, they notably played a lot of freshmen, um, because, and that just scares me though. The idea that they just have so much talent that they're playing freshmen in the second half, because they're just going to, they're just going to keep fucking reloading until Kirby takes the Dallas Cowboys job. So, um, South Carolina got their shit kicked in by, um, Arkansas last week per one of our, um, one of our correct picks um, Arkansas covered that line. In other words, South Carolina did not beat it. So um, this, this line, it has South Carolina, a 24 point home dog at noon. Um, I could see Georgia getting a little sluggish, I guess at first, but I, I, I haven't really seen much of South Carolina to, um, to make me think that they're going to make this game competitive in any way, shape or form aside for hit from history. Uh, but this is not a historically flawed or mentally screwed up Georgia team. This is unfortunately, uh, I'm going to try not to pick with my heart like I did a lot in the past. Um, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Georgia having any problem with South Carolina, um, unless there are some edit or some injuries I don't know about. Um, I think uh, Georgia is probably going to run away with this game. And uh, I could see them easily winning by 30 points. This is going to be the year of Georgia again. Someone's going to have to get in their way. And it's, they're going to have to be good, though. And South Carolina ain't them just yet. Yeah, I, I feel like this number is probably about where it needs to be. Um, as you said, South Carolina, pretty well handled by Arkansas, though that was one of the longest games ever. Because I, so I was at, went up to Gainesville, was at a tailgate that had two TVs. And so... They had it on the Bama-Texas game and then this game, the Arkansas-South Carolina game. And that Arkansas-South Carolina game lasted forever because I was, like, anxious for Arkansas to cover. And um, they were always up 14, sometimes up 20. But it was like this, the game would never end. And finally, like, South Carolina, I think they had all and had a chance to get a backdoor cover but ended up fucking it up. They, they look terrible. Radler, every time I looked over, Radler was overthrowing guys. Um, as you said, because I think Georgia really kind of just, you know, took out enough just to win. Um, looked like they kicked a lot of short field goals, so they still move the ball pretty well. South Carolina team gave up nearly 500 yards. Arkansas, I look back at their week one game, they were actually outgained by Georgia State. Um, I This seems like a stay away to me, but if you have to pick it up, I'd take Georgia. So I think they cover it barely. I agree. Yeah. I, I, South Carolina didn't look good at all. Uh, Georgia, they did what they, they were supposed to do right last week. There's not really much else to say about this. Um, I'm all over this for Georgia. I'm also all over the over because I think Georgia may score 52 points against South Carolina um, with your, your Heisman favorite, Stetson Bennett at the helm. So, yeah, give me the dogs. Uh, let's go with the sweep. 
All right. Um, so some shit games. We got Youngstown State uh, going against Mr. Ohio, Mark Stoops, and his Kentucky frauds. I think they're fraud. Um, and then Abilene Christian against Missouri, both at the SEC team's home spot. Uh, yeah, great games. Um, so the, the next real game is Ole Miss going to Atlanta, taking on Georgia Tech, who is a 16-point home underdog to uh, Lane. Um, last week, Ole Miss just throttled Central Arkansas. And um, I forget who they played week one, but it was no one good. So we don't really know a ton about them yet. But I, I know a little bit about Georgia Tech. Um, they were uh, throttled by Clemson in week one, who um, still has a pretty shitty offense, gave up 41 points. Um, in fact, I even look back to their last two games of 20. They played Georgia and Notre Dame, lost by a combined store, score of 100 to nothing. Um, you, some Gator fans may remember their coach, Jeff Collins, who was defensive coordinator under Muschamp, but uh, he's in his fourth year, while only won three games the first three years, just kind of seems probably a little, a little out of his depth. Um, in fact, I was looking at his Wikipedia page. You know how like they'll show like coaches based on their tenure. And I thought this, this cracked me up. It sounded like I had Georgia Tech fan who hates him, if there are any fans left. <laughs> December 7, 2018, Collins was named the 20th head coach at Georgia Tech. He's won three games in each of his first three seasons with the Yellow Jackets, including famously losing to the Citadel, which ran the triple that Collins has been critical of. In 2021, Collins ended his losing streak to FCS opponents when Georgia Tech defeated Kennesaw State, a team who was playing with their four-string quarterback after a series of unfortunate incidents to all the eligible quarterbacks. Collins has yet to win back-to-back games at Georgia Tech. I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like very random stats and kind of some like insults. So anyway, um, obviously Jeff Collins' family is not Wikipedia page. But uh, with respect to this game, I love Ole Miss. Uh, the reason I mentioned above, Georgia Tech's terrible. Um home field advantage are kind of turning into the Vanderbilt of the ACC. There's plenty of competition in that conference, but I think Ole Miss is going to bring a crowd with them. So lay the points, take Ole Miss as the road favorite. In fact, this is my lock of the week. I think they win by four touchdowns. So I'm, uh, I'm right on board with you. Uh, Ole Miss hasn't missed a beat necessarily. Well, first week they didn't do great, but you know, maybe some growing pains some of the new uh, transfers they had in. Uh, but I don't, I don't love giving this many points to um, a home, a home team, but Ole Miss is firing on all cylinders, and Georgia Tech is not doing well. I mean, they're one and one. They, uh, they beat who they beat last week. Um, no, yeah, Western Kentucky. All right, and it wasn't exactly an ass kicking. Um, I'm just I'm right on board with you. I think Ole Miss is just going to be way way too much for them. I mean, this is like you're you're facing like the third or fourth best team in the SEC West versus like one of the worst teams in the ACC, and that is saying something. So, uh, 
I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, I got the Rebs all the way. Yeah, Lane Train's coming to town. They're coming to Atlanta. They're just gonna, they're gonna run a train on the rambling wreck of Georgia Tech. Just don't take the Marta. Don't take the Marta. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, big here. I will also take the Lane Train. All right, so we're getting into our uh, – oh, I guess Ole Miss-Georgia Tech was a 3.30 kick, but our next game is also a 3.30 kickoff. Penn State's traveling to the Plains of Auburn. This uh, first look at it, you're like, yeah, like maybe this this will be a good game. I don't think it will be. Auburn struggled last week with San Jose State. Um, they won, but they – they should have beaten the living shit out of San Jose State. Was did we even have a line on that game last week? No, we did. Didn't oh, we? there was. <laughs> yeah, remember we talked about the Aztecs or the. That's right. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, no, of course, I remember. <laughs> yeah, and and where was I'm looking at it now. I'm looking at it now. The line was Auburn was a 23 point favorite. They won by eight. Seven, eight, yeah, eight. So. Yeah, and they, they beat Mercer the week before that. So they haven't played anybody really that good. Penn State comes to town. I don't think they're that great of a team either. Uh, but they do have a quality win. They beat Purdue to open the season. I think Purdue's a pretty decent squad, at least on offense. And the line here is Auburn is a home dog, three points. Yeah, I think I think Penn State will probably beat Auburn by two touchdowns. Um James Franklin, he's not a good coach. He's just not. Um, I'm glad he got it. I'm glad he got paid at Penn State, but I don't think he's he's the right coach in that situation. I know he had him up for a few years there, but I don't know. He just he seems like seems like Vandy was a really good fit for him. Um, he seems more like a Vandy coach than he does a a Penn State coach or a, a one of the blue bloods of college football. But yeah, there's. I don't think there's much to talk about here. This is my lock of the week. Nitley Lions come in and just put it all over Auburn. Well, uh, Auburn has a couple things going for them in order of most important. <clears throat> they changed their helmets slightly for this game. Uh, they now have orange, the, the orange, uh, whatever it's called, cage on their helmets. So that's huge. And also there was some logistical issue about Penn State having to f- change airports last minute. I don't know how they didn't get the memo that Montgomery Regional Airport, which is the closest airport, has a, only one working runway right now. So they can either fly into Maxwell Air Base, Air Force Base, or they can fly into Columbus, Georgia, which is where I think Fort Benning is. So maybe they, that's another, air, well, another. Anyways, the point is, that's pretty much the only thing that's going to keep Penn State from absolutely blowing the doors off Auburn. Um, this is not a good team, but this is this is a struggling situation. It's not, and when it comes to Auburn, it's not just about the product on the field. It's about all the crazy shit going behind closed doors. Um, a coach can never feel comfortable there, whether it be Tommy Tuberville or Terry Bowden or Gus Malzahn, for God's sakes. Or Gene Chizik. I mean, you, there's always an, something undermining whomever. And this current coach has been facing it since freaking De- Jump Street. Isn't it Senator Tommy Tupperville? Senator, yep. excuse me. So, pardon me, pardon me. Let me give him his full credit. Senator 
from the great state of Alabama, Tommy Tuberville. So, um, an apology, Senator. <laughs> you all this man, apology. Anyway, so, an apology. That was so, and, Godfather too. Yeah, so, classic. So, anyways, um, I, I'm I'm right there with our uh, this week's host Gus. Uh, Penn State, I think, is gonna gonna and then and this is not I'm not like I'm not like a huge Penn State guy either, but I just feel like they're gonna really 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 give it to them. Um, there are certain circumstances that could have made this different, but none of them are applying here. So, uh, Nittany Lions. All right, so I'm gonna go against the grain here. Um, it's more my lack of faith in Franklin and Penn State and some faith in Auburn having a big game at home as an underdog. Um, and looking at some of the strengths, uh, Auburn obviously is having trouble throwing the ball with TJ Finley, but they still have pretty strong running game. Penn State's strength on defense is against the pass. Um, and Tennessee's strength on offense is throwing the ball and Auburn secondary so far has been pretty good. Um, I just think that this is going to be pretty much a nip and tuck game. Um, could go either way. So I'll, I'll take the points and uh, maybe it's a little bit sentimental on behalf of my nephew, but um, yeah, why not? Uh, roll Plainsman. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Penn State on this. And uh, I think we're all in agreement. The under, right? Oh, yeah. I love the under. Yeah, I love the under. Okay, so the last 3.30 game of the week, uh, Vanderbilt is traveling to Northern Illinois. Oh, maybe uh, maybe Gus could make a trip down there to watch the Huskies play uh, an SEC friend. Um, so... Um, <clears throat> Northern Illinois, I'll start with the Huskies. They're one and one. First week, they struggled a little with Eastern Illinois, but they pulled out the win. Uh, the second, second week, next week, uh, they lost to Tulsa, where both, score, both, both teams uh, put up 14 points. Northern Illinois actually had, a, they had to have a 28-point second half in order to make the game close. Uh, and Tulsa's not great either, but... Let's just talk about Vanderbilt. Vandy uh, started off the year two and zero, and then um, were brought down to brought back down to earth last week. Um, and they enter this game a two and a half, or excuse me, a um, yeah, two and a half point underdog. And I, I think I'm just gonna kind of go with the old staple. I feel like one, it's the opposite of blood in the water, for Vanderbilt. It's like once there is blood in the water, they scatter. Um, I know. The, the 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 phrase is you smell blood in the water and they attack but i think once there's a, a chink in the armor vanderbilt kind of kind of takes off in the opposite direction it isn't their fault i mean it's fucking vanderbilt uh, but i'm going to go ahead and take uh, the huskies uh, based on very very little other than the fact that if vegas is willing to make them a, a road underdog then i'm who am i to argue yeah, so my instinct is to pick against Vanderbilt at all times, but then I looked at Northern Illinois, whose sole win was a three-point victory over something or Eastern Illinois, which I, I thought they won by more than three. They won by did. Maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Well then, well maybe they won by seven. Seven. Two. Give them the credit they deserve. 
didn't mean to shortchange them. Um, <laughs> so Vandy, I mean, they scored a little bit against Wake Forest. Uh, they actually did a little bit better than probably I thought they would. They gave up a lot of points, but, um, you know, Wake's good. That quarterback came back. I forget his name. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of think Vandy might win. So why not take the points? So just doing a little bit of research on Northern Illinois, their quarterback is Rocky Lombardi. Uh, he's from Ann Arbor, Michigan. He started his college career at Michigan State and then transferred to Northern Illinois. And, yes, he is the great-grandson of Vince Lombardi. Whoa. But not that Vince Lombardi. Oh. This, this Vince Lombardi was like some Italian meat packer somewhere. So <laughs> he is related to Vince, but not that Vince. No. Yeah, so uh, – I bucked my Vandy trend. He does have a thick neck. <laughs> I bucked my uh, Vandy trend last week. I'm glad that I did. Otherwise, I would have went three and six. Uh, but I'm going to get back on them. Uh, give me Vandy. I I, I think uh, Northern Illinois hasn't done much. That's already been covered. I'm still impressed by the Vandy, uh, the Vandy win in Hawaii and their other win against Elon, which wasn't very impressive. So, give me the Commodores. Anchor so, down, fucking bricks. <clears throat> a couple of years ago when we were doing this, or, you know, many times over the years, I've often been like, it's a Mac opponent. Of course, man, you can take him. Or it's at UMass. What am I doing? And I'm just going, I'm trying to buck that trend. I used to always think, presume that because Vandy has – SEC talent, and I have that in big time quotes. That anywhere, anytime they go anywhere, they're going to represent the SEC huge, especially to a non power five, like a group of five team. But that's why I'm, that's another reason. I just, history is not on their side. How about you, Doc? I'll take Fandy. I, All I, right. I'm, I'm going to stick with them. Lone Wolf, Cousin Bailey. Lone Husky. Are, are, very yeah, I, I mean, I know I can very easily envision sending a text at like four fifteen when Vandy's down three touchdowns. You're like, what the fuck was I doing? But anyway, <laughs> and and um, vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the next game, licking their wounds, but the best way to lick your wound is after winning. Uh, the Crimson Tide, formerly number one ranked are hosting Lamo, Louisiana Monroe, a 49-point favorite. Um, Bama looked fucking terrible. I've never seen a, a Bama team have that many penalties. I think, I mean, it was ridiculous. They couldn't block Texas's defensive line. They didn't seem to have really any sort of explosion on offense. Frankly, we were pretty lucky to win. Um, I mean, it yeah. took Texas's starting quarterback getting hurt, uh, questionable call on that. I mean, not even questionable, just out and out horrific call on the safety that should have been. Um, Sarkeesian, I think one of those times they were inside the five, he probably should have gone for the touchdown, kicked the field goal instead. And then the missed tackle on that blitz, the guys, Scott Free had a free shot at Bryce Young. And I mean, credit to Young, he made a great play and, he, he really started playing better in the last you know quarter when they needed him. Um, 
he's got a lot of poise. But um, anyway, lucky to get away, but they got away. And um, their kid made, made the kick, and they made the plays they needed to when they needed to. Not much to say about this game. It's just a matter of what you think Bama's going to do and how they're going to respond. Um, I look back, the same Louisiana Monroe team played Texas earlier in the year, meaning week one, and lost by 42. So I think a pissed-off Bama, you know, Saban's going to be talking about the rat poison and all that. I think they're going to come out uh, motivated and cover this huge number of 49. Um I kind of like the under. I see this being like 55 to three or 55 to nothing, but I wouldn't bet either side of this, but uh, I'll take Bama to cover. Yeah, there's uh, I don't think there's really much else to say here. You know, Nick's going to try to get Bryce Young back in the, the Heisman conversation and he'll put up some gaudy numbers. I, mean, I just, I couldn't believe, um, What's their defensive end's name? 31. Anderson. 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 He was just atrocious. Like, so undisciplined. It was so out of character. Yeah. Like, it was, man, it was, uh, it was something. And I found myself, actually, as the game was going on, kind of rooting for Texas. Oh, I was. Yeah. It, and and I, I really don't like the Longhorns either. But, yeah, I felt bad for Ewers, Ewers. I think he has a noodle arm, but he's fearless. You know, most of his throws were kind of loopy. Their backup wasn't – he was serviceable. He wasn't great. I think he had a couple starts last year. Um, but, yeah, that was that was an unbelievable game. It was a, so, I didn't see – because we didn't get up there till after he got hurt. So, I didn't really see how he was playing at all. Um, but was he, like, competent? He was confident. It was weird, right? So, like, and maybe it was just me and how I was seeing him throw the ball, but it just looked like everything was like floating. Everything yeah. was floating. Um, but he he was hitting the receivers though, you know, and he was and making like Warfel. Like. Yeah, mm. I would. Yeah, I think Warfel has a better arm. Um, I mean, there's going to be no doubt that when Manning gets there, he, it's Manning's job. He's yeah, easily beat this guy out, but. Uh, it was just, uh, I was like, I think it was one of my first comments of the game, like, oh, old noodle arm here. But it was yeah. like, man, you started connecting. And it was just like, how are you still connecting on these throws when your throws are like this and you're playing Bama's defense? Um, Texas's defense was fucking ridiculous. Um, they, were, they were SEC caliber, man. They were yeah. sick. At <laughs> yeah, least they, it appeared. I mean, yeah, they were really good. I mean, they had, they had Bryce Young flustered. Yeah, big time. So he was he almost seemed like he but but as to to uh malt liquor's point, I mean he he held it maintained his composure. Like when the chips were freaking down, the guy had like you know an incredible drive. He got you know, hit hard several and, times. And too. he got I, I mean he yeah. was but he he kept it going, man. I was very impressed with them as you know I um I'm just gonna kind of segue into my pick real quick because it's uh, you guys have covered most everything, but uh but can I pick first? After your pick, as of what I was going to say, roll tide. They'll cover this. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think they're definitely going to cover it. My my concerns are when they, you know, when they open up their SEC schedule. Um, the SEC West is not a joke like it has been. Um, Arkansas is going to give them trouble. Ole Miss is going to give them trouble. 
A&M if they can get their shit together could give them trouble. And Lord have mercy, Georgia, if they make it to the SEC championship game. I mean, I love I'm questioning them right now. They may turn it all around. But they Alabama had so many penalties. And that safety, I, I've never seen a more I, – I, I understand they probably went by the letter of the law. They had to only check out the um, personal foul. And since that was overturned, the play was I, – I actually, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't understand. What, what do you, Maybe one of y'all could uh, enlighten us. This is around the anniversary of Nick Saban's uh, worst loss. First year, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. And ever since then, he's gone on, like, you know, obviously the best tear ever as a head coach. Uh, but I, I think – I doubt that's going to even enter his brain. Um, he's going to punish his players and probably – other than Bryce Young, he's probably going to leave them out a little longer than they than, than he normally would. I don't know if this is – I don't think it's an ego thing. I think his players need to know that they, they are – they cannot play like the way they played against Texas with the uncharacteristic penalties. And, the, and the, I mean, I, the secondary did not play well against that guy. They should have been a couple interceptions. Anyways, um, but I, I think I think Alabama is going to destroy you. I think uh, Terry Bowden is their yeah. coach. He looks fucking awful. Yeah, poor guy. The Cabbage Patch kids do not age well. But anyways, so, uh, yeah, Roll Tide, of course. I'll take the opposite. I think it's too much. It's 49. That's too much. If it was 43 and a half, yeah. But they're not covering that number. All right. This portion of the Bourbon Boys picking the SEC is brought to you by Pandemic Sauce Company. Amidst a worldwide pandemic and lockdown with nothing but time on his hands, a good friend of the podcast started experimenting in his kitchen to occupy his time. He soon discovered a knack of combining a variety of peppers with fruit juices to create some unique barbecue sauces. After sharing his sauces with family and friends, he has now decided to share them with the rest of the world. And the goal? To become your new favorite sauce. Enter code BourbonBoys at checkout for a discount. That's PandemicSauceCompany.com. In fact, we are making ribs this week, and I will be using the jalapeno apple. So I'm very excited. That's, again, code BourbonBoys at checkout. Buy three bottles what? When you buy three bottles. Negroni. You get a discount. Maybe I should say that. You just did. Okay, can you cut the part out where I said maybe I should just say that? Or is this, like, part of our thing now where Gus fucking... You brought it up. All right. And speaking of pandemic. Oh. Yeah, our friend is a uh, LSU fan. He's an LSU fan. And that's our six o'clock kickoff. Mississippi State going to Death Valley. LSU is a home dog. Two points. Ouch. Brian Kelly not making a lot of fans with the local media there as he came in with a stack of money late and said to his press conference and said, I'll pay the fine for being late to try to show up a reporter that never turns out well. This may be his only season at LSU. With that being said, Mississippi State, they went to Tucson. Uh, The Pirate 
got the victory, got the dub over Arizona. LSU, they put it on Southern because, well, they probably should put it on Southern. The game was over pretty quick. They scored 37 in the first quarter, and pretty much that was that. This is an interesting game, and I'm really – I've been going back and forth on this one because it is Death Valley kind of at night. I guess when the game ends, it'll be dark. Um, But, man, they just – they look so bad. They look so bad against FSU. They just look like – I don't know like a shell of whatever LSU was under Ed Orgeron in his last year. Like, I, I don't know how it could get worse, but it did. I don't believe in their quarterback, Daniels. I'm not saying Mississippi State has a defense that could contain him, but he just – I think if he's not running, he's just not that great. So, I'm, man, I, I don't know. Fuck it, give me the pirate. Let's go. Let's go, Bulldogs. Beat fucking LSU at home under the lights in Death Valley. They will burn that fucking place down if that happens. Fucking coon asses. Um, I struggle with this one. Uh, in fact, usually I write down my picks before we start. And uh, I haven't written anything down yet. Um, pretty much seems like a coin flip game. <sighs> Mississippi State's look okay. Like, they haven't been spectacular. Obviously, you had that high-profile loss against FSU, smoked Southern, but you know, not going to learn a lot about that. Um, really underrated big game for Brian Kelly. Like as you said, Gus, if this goes sideways, then um, could be get really bad for him. Um, Mississippi State, I kind of feel like, especially Leash. Whenever you expect him to win, like a close or quote unquote good game, he doesn't win it. And when you don't, he'll sneak up and win it. Um, so that's kind of sticking in my mind. So I'm going to take the opposite side. I'm going to take LSU. Um, but I actually kind of hope Mississippi State wins, um, which is kind of why I would don't, the one reason I'd pick Mississippi. Well, there are a lot of reasons I'd pick Mississippi State, but some reason I think. LSU is going to show up and win this game. So take the two points and, uh, you know, if they lose, hey, Brian is just kind of dangling. So that'd be fun. You know, it's interesting. I I think like <clears throat> this game, like in a uh, in a vacuum is the numbers right there. It's two o'clock. I mean, it's two points, basically a pick them. But that's not the way it should be with LSU at home. They've left so many questions, and whereas, you know, Mississippi State two and zero, but if you're looking at it from like you know, outside like the, the you know from like a million miles away, Mississippi State has beaten LSU three times in the last twenty one years, but all three of those wins have happened in the last seven years, so. Or, or eight years rather. So, um, you know, the most recent being 2020 and it was a shootout and it was in Baton Rouge. Now I think that, it, you know, maybe Mike Leach, he's come into his own a little bit. He seems to be scoring some points. I don't care who they played last week. They went out to the West coast and played a game at 11 o'clock. Well, 10 o'clock their time. Uh, I mean, Mississippi state's time, that'll be central. 
And they won and they won well and they did a great job as I predicted. LSU, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, like, are we going to suggest that Brian Kelly, I don't think he's going to be gone after this year, but is he going to take some time? Like he took it Notre Dame to, to build up the program his way and there will be hiccups. I mean, he's a first year coach just because he was paid a billion dollars and just because he's had, you know, success at a nationally, you know, like program team, Notre Dame, does that mean that he's going to have instant success? No. I think Mike Leach, his experience, he's won in Baton Rouge before. I'm going to take uh, the Pirate. Wasn't there a name to this rivalry? I know it's one of the longest rivalries in, in uh, college football. They've been playing uh, almost, let's see. It started, they, their first game was in 1896. Uh, let's see, they're... They started in 1902. I want to say fairly regularly. Let me, let me just. So this the, this a, is actually LSU's longest. I just looked yeah, it up. There's a three-year gap because yeah. Florida and LSU used to be a really long one, or still is rather, but not. Mississippi State's second longest, obviously behind the Egg Bowl. Yeah. But it doesn't see. have a name. No, I <laughs> thought it did. Maybe they had a trophy at some point, but that probably got canceled. Um. Like well, LSU Arkansas was a you know big huge yeah. rivalry that got completely sandbagged. I just remember because this used to be a, a, a the Friday after Thanksgiving game, I believe. No, that was LSU, LSU Arkansas. That was, was the LSU Arkansas. Boot. Yeah, that was the, the Golden, Golden Boot. boot. Mm. I just but this is this has been a very well. I, I, I mean, it's been fairly one sided, unfortunately, but it's been a um, so LSU. Won 14 straight from 2000 to 2013 and lead the overall series 76, 36, and three. It's turning into quite a rivalry, if you ask me. As I said, Mississippi State has won three out of the last eight. So. Eight. Yeah, since that 13 game. Gus, I think what you're thinking of is the 80 to 84. The 1980s, they split this, they had the series, it, was, it went four and five. That's probably what but you're thinking. I was just thinking there's a there's a name to it or there was a trophy to it because I I had a good buddy, uh, big LSU guy, and I remember he couldn't watch this game because we were on deployment and he was really pissed and he was like, like this is one of the oldest rivalries and you know for LSU. Probably just wanted to watch a win. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, respect your respect your friend on deployment, of course, your mate. A long rivalry, 115 meetings. 115, Hell yeah. yeah, that's a lot. So, oh, so I'll take Mississippi State. So that would make malt liquor. The lone tiger. The lone tiger. It's beautiful. That's a beautiful well, saying there. That's your second lone. Yeah, I could. Oh, wow. Second Lone Tiger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awkward. You're just a tiger of a human being. <laughs> yeah, it's me. Tiger blood. Uh, uh. <clears throat> Love well, you, sir. Oh, so um, we're going to skip this game, but uh, Missouri State heading to Arkansas, who is my favorite team, you know, apparently. I'm very bullish on them. Uh, but, you know, number 16, Arkansas, 
they beat South Carolina last week, and uh, we'll see what they can do this week before they start their or they continue rather with their SEC schedule. So um, we're going to head on into the next game, Akron, traveling to the hated Tennessee Vols in Knoxville. Um, Akron, I'm going to just start with them real quick because it's a uh, kind of an easy, easy, easy segue. They, uh, they beat St. Fran- Francis of Pennsylvania by seven points in overtime, their first game. And then they proceeded to get the crap kicked out of them, 52-0 to zero by Michigan State. Tennessee, they had their way with Ball State. <clears throat> and then uh, they beat the odds, uh, well, at least from my point of view, and went to Pittsburgh, who had been coming off a very emotional win that one of you mentioned that I ignored. And Tennessee beat uh, Pittsburgh, and that was a fucking emotional game and very exciting and good for the Vols. I'm not a, at all a Tennessee Vols fan, but I'm trying to be a less of a psychopath in my old age where I just hate teams because of the colors, except for Georgia and Florida State. Obviously, those are just disgusting people, and, and Tennessee to a point. But I have to think this logically. They are 48-and-a-half-point favorites over Akron, who is terrible. Tennessee good, coming off emotional win. This might be a little bit much, and, and if I pick Akron, it has nothing to do with the fact that I don't think Tennessee is very, very good and probably very capable of contending for second place in the SEC, uh, in the SEC East. Um, I just don't – Kali, I mean, it's one of those things where – it's Tennessee. I, 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 there's just no chance of a letdown here. They're not going to lose this game. So the question is, are they just going to blow the doors off Akron? They have the capabilities. I say yes. I say the Vols run away with this game. Um, I'm not sure about the over-under. I mean, Akron obviously is not great. The over-under is 66 and a half points. I know that – I know that uh, – Tennessee's capable of scoring a tremendous amount, but I don't know. That's not really what, what I'm here for, though. I, I say Tennessee is going to cover this 48 and a half. So that'd be cousin Bailey. Yeah, I'm with you. Akron's fucking just complete trash. Um, like you said, they lost, got just smoked by Sparty, barely beat St. Francis. And so, like, I got curious. So in 2018, they started out. Decent, but lost their last five games, went 0-12 in 2019, lost their first four games in COVID-shortened 2020. So they basically lost, had a 21-game losing streak before finally beating Green. Uh, And then last year they were, I think, 2-10. Yeah, 2-10. So they suck. They might be the probably one of the worst teams in FBS. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just a matter of if you're worried, it's big numbers. Tennessee maybe looking ahead to Florida, but um, I'm I'm more kind of banking on Akron just being really terrible. Yeah, that's a good point. And Tennessee being explosive, so I'll I'll lay this big number. <laughs> so Akron's. Win? Did you guys already go over their one win this year? Who they played and all that? I don't think so. 
I was preoccupied. My apologies. Well, Malt Liquor mentioned them, and I said their name, but please, yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear Saint, more about St. Francis. St. Francis Red Flash. Um, never heard of them. Apparently, they're in Pennsylvania, so that's awesome. Not only did they lose to Akron, they lost to Richmond, which isn't exactly a fucking football powerhouse, but, you know, Akron only beat them by seven points. Tennessee is going to put it on them. This is going to be, you know, the score of this game is probably going to be somewhere, I would say, the 55 to 63 point range for Tennessee and probably the three to 10 point range for Akron. So I'm taking Tennessee. Doctor? Yeah, it's too high. 40 and a half, no way. I mean, 40, fine. Not 48 and a half. That's too much. It's too rich. So, um, St. Francis is an occasional representative in the uh, NCAA tournaments. I'm surprised you guys haven't possibly potentially heard of them. Not with football. Well, I knew this lady that I used to work with, and she always used to root for this random team named St. Francis. I never understood. This is when I was in D.C. I never knew the hell she was talking about. So when I saw this team, I was like, hey, good for them. They uh, they a Mormon school, St. Francis? No. In fact, it might have been St. Joe's, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> there are so, so Yeah, there are so many St. schools that make the tournament. <laughs> so it is in Loretto, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour and a half due east of Pittsburgh. No. Oh. Doc, Dr. Loves the big underdogs this, this week. He's got... I do. I, it, there are a lot of too high numbers. I mean, this yeah. is... Yeah. So he's, I don't, he's joining, I don't blame he's joining me with the dual lone wolf action. Yeah, he was a... a different game. Lone uh, Cajun? No, I guess you're not. Who's the University of Louisiana Monroe? They're the... Uh, they used to be Northeast or Northwest. So they're not the Raging Cajuns. No, that's Southwest. Yeah. That's where we got – we stole their coach, and he's turned out to be a real dream boat. He's turned out to be a real dream. Just kidding. Yeah, Monroe's Northeast. The Warhawks, which I'm yeah. surprised hasn't been canceled yet. Yeah. That's the type of bird. Sure it isn't. It's anti-bird. All right, uh, the next game, our Florida Gators are 24.5-point favorites at home Ooh. against – the University of South Florida, which is in West Central. Um, you know, I we didn't really talk too much in detail about the Gator game last week, so might as well give you my thoughts. Um, defense played really well. Uh, if we got a fucking below average effort from our quarterback, we won that game. And if we got like an average sort of like play calling from our coach it was pretty apparent that uh richardson was not reading the field to throw the ball but we were pushing kentucky around and we should just run the ball every play we run the ball every play win that game um i don't know if it's part of concerns that we don't have a good backup behind richardson so we want to limit the, the design runs for him but that's the thing that jumped out to me also, uh, 
we either need to get a new special teams coach or tell our guys to never try to run a kickback because we seem to have at least a 50-50 chance of holding. And honestly, the turning point in the game is they snap the ball over their punter's head. We get the safety. They kick it off to us. We get another fucking penalty, and we're starting inside our 15, and that leads to the interception that led to their first touchdown. Um, so, yeah, and, and then not to mention going for it on fourth down from your 26 when you haven't had a quarterback that can complete a pass and Kentucky really hadn't moved the ball on us. We should have punted it. Our best chance was some sort of fumble by Kentucky and some lucky play at the end. So uh, as high as I was on Napier after last week, I'm down. I'm not out, but I'm down. You know, he uh, will bounce back against South Florida. Um, I don't really know about this number. I don't feel great about it, but I think maybe I, 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 South Florida is pretty bad. They're really bad in the trenches. So I think we're going to run a lot and, and cover the number and our defense has looked good, has had a tendency to wear down, but I think we'll be able to move the ball enough on offense and control it to keep them rested. So that'll keep USF from scoring a lot. So I think we'll cover. <clears throat> so I, um, we're kind of jockeying each other to not talk about this game because that's how down I am. However, I, I mean that, let me, let me, let me, let me rephrase. I was so high after we beat Utah that I'm kind of now to back to like preseason cousin Bailey, where I hardly talked about <clears throat> excitement and looking forward to the season and so forth and so on. Um, it was all just about like, you know, who's this, who's this, who is our offensive coordinator? I don't know his name. Who is our defensive coordinator? I do not know their name. I think there's two of them. Um, Special teams was it just driving me crazy that we keep running the ball out when we don't need to, or, you know, just like the stock bullshit, getting the penalties um, without our mistakes, without two of our mistakes, you know, and they were some, they were some very costly, don't get me wrong, but without two of the mistakes. And yes, I mean, Richardson played had an F game if he plays a D minus game, maybe I don't, maybe we, he doesn't graduate college with a D minus, but we win that game. Um, Kentucky, I, I, what, what upsets me so much about the game about more than anything is the hype that, that, that Kentucky gets and all the accolades. I get, they deserve it. They went into the swamp and won, but they played that game so poorly and they still won. It, I think that's the thing that upsets me the most. Uh, I was telling someone a minor anecdote, but during um, Will Muschamp's, whatever you call that, um, we lost to Missouri. We got trounced by Missouri at home one, one year. And there was a point where I was just sitting on the couch. And I say this every year. And I hadn't even touched my beer because I was just like, what are we fucking doing? You know? And there was a point in the game where our defense was totally keeping us in, but I had this beer cracked. And then I looked and I realized it had been like 30 plus minutes. I hadn't even taken a sip since I cracked it. Cause I was just like, what is going on with this freaking game? And when we, when we didn't get the fourth down at the last second 
I just turned it off and not because I'm a terrible fan. I was obviously sick, but I just don't want to see the same crap over and over again. Richardson didn't have it. If this number was like five points higher, if it were five and a half points higher, I wouldn't even, I would take USF going away. 24 is just, I mean, Vegas knows what they're doing here. 24 and a half. It is totally conceivable. I mean, who they beat? They beat Howard. South Florida beat Howard 42 to 20 at the first week, first week of the year at home. They lost 50 to 21 to BYU. I just think South Florida is so bad. And Billy Napier has to, has to realize that he cannot put Anthony Richardson in circumstances, the entire game that he cannot handle. I'm glad that he, you know, like his first great night of sleep. How many times do we hear that story? was when he saw Anthony Richardson throw. Well, throwing against nobody is completely different than throwing against an SEC team. That being said, USF doesn't belong in the SEC. They're not in the SEC, they don't belong in the SEC. I think Anthony Richardson's probably going to have a better game this year, or this week, rather. Um, I, I feel like we've just got to pound the shit out of the rock with Etienne, the friend, my French boy. I love him. And uh, Johnson, those guys are so good. Johnson may not have that, like, you know, breakaway speed, but the guy is, he's a hard runner. Our offensive line took a hit this week. We're missing, uh, what's his name? Uh, the right tackle, he's out. And Ventro Miller's out this week on defense. Those aren't, like, great. But if they're out next week against Tennessee, you can pretty much just chalk that up for an L. But this week, it's not it's not the end of the world. I think uh, Florida's probably going to definitely going to win, probably going to cover this number. So I'm going to take Florida one more week. I mean, like shit, if we look like shit this week, we're talking double digits in Knoxville. Anyways, Gators. We're not number 12 anymore. That needs to be updated. So play calling was fucking atrocious. You do that, you do what you did in the first week against Utah, and it just seemed like they abandoned the run. Utah is a much better team than Kentucky is, and you just abandoned the run. Someone was like, oh, they put eight guys in the box. doesn't matter. Malt, you already said it. They were bullying those guys at the line of scrimmage. Put eight in the box. It doesn't matter. That's fine. Run on them. Run some fucking option. Do something. Richardson didn't have it. Going into the game, I heard all the analysts saying, there's no ceiling for Anthony Richardson. Well, apparently there's no floor either because that was, that was an awful, awful game. He'll rebound. I get it. He's young, not much experience. He'll only get better. Hopefully I think that's going to happen. I liked his accountability, which I think speaks a lot about his, his personality, about the person he is. But he can't ever have that game again. I mean, he just he can't. Like that was that was awful. That being said, South Florida. Whoa, Nelly, South Florida. They're awful. They're terrible. I don't care who's out on the Gators. Their second stringers are better. Their third stringers are better than whatever South Florida has. They're not a good team. So I'm I'm gonna pick Florida here. This is actually my lock of the week. I think Florida by 35 in this game. 
Yeah, I'll take the other side. Sorry. I wouldn't blame you. Uh, uh, until they prove it. Sorry. The 24 and a half? No. We're not beating anybody by 24 and a half. Sorry. Might be right. South, South Florida is a team that's, that you can do it against. Oh, All right. Yeah, if there's a team, yeah. But mm. well, at least we don't have to worry about UCF claiming another national championship. You know, that's the sole thing I'm holding on to. Yeah. All, All right, right. We got the finale. The finale, nine o'clock kickoff, Miami, heading to College Station for the powerhouse that is Texas AM. I was completely wrong last week. I should have known better. App State always plays up to their competition. That was a fun game to watch. That was fucking amazing. I wish I could just have it on a loop just to see Dumbo Fisher. That celebration, holy cow. Yeah. Too bad Too bad the players got stuck on the tarmac with a broken plane and had to stay overnight uh, so they couldn't enjoy it. With I'm sure they enjoyed it when they got back, but they couldn't enjoy it in the moment. Yeah, the Hurricanes. I don't know what to think about the Hurricanes. They've done what they should have done thus far, right? They they played Bethune-Cookman, laid 70 on them. Then they beat Southern Miss last week. What's their quarterback's name? Van Dyke, Taylor Van Dyke. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke's grandson. Yeah. Really? Not that Dick Van Dyke. It's the meat packer, Dick Van Dyke. Um, Is that a callback? Yeah, it is. Oh. It is. The line here is uh, A&M's actually favored here by five. Wow. I mean, who's our quarterback? The King looked awful last week. Everything looked awful for them. I don't know that Jimbo has the adjustments to, to, to make to come in against a ranked team, although, once again, I really don't know what Miami is. But I do like Crystal Ball as a coach. It upset me when he went back home to Miami. It upset me when he was with Oregon because I hate them too. He should have just stayed at FIU. I would have been content with that, even though they play uh, Florida Atlantic in the Shula Bowl every year. But I think Miami's going to win this game. They'll probably win by a touchdown. Uh, A&M, I'm guessing, will be better. I, I honestly think they will be better, but – I hate to say it, and I probably I probably will be rooting for the U just because I like Cristobal better than fucking Fisher. Um, so give me Miami. Yeah, I will not be rooting for the U. Um, Your alma mater, dude. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I don't know how you can lay points for A and M. They haven't shown anything other than like they're. 24-7 recruiting composite as any reason why you think they can win or cover this number. <laughs> I mean, they can, but I wouldn't bet on it. Um, there are rumors that Max Johnson might be replacing Haynes King. So that led me to look at AM's box score. They had 180 total yards of offense against Appalachian State at home. Um so, yeah, I, I mean, take the points. Miami could win this game. So uh, this seems like Taylor made for the standard Miami victory where they think they beat someone who's really good, who's really not that good, and then they end up eight and four. 
um, or seven and five, but um, I will, uh, I'll take the five points on the road. I'm curious what the, what the money line is on this, probably what plus one fifty. No. Yeah. Okay. Plus one sixty six. It's not bad. I'd probably bet that. Agreed. Yeah, I'm in a I'm taking Miami as well. Um this I just I hate to I hate to be like to be completely judged on on the first two weeks, but Miami has looked decent whereas AM has looked not good. And you know, I mean, who did they play their first who did they play the first week? Because that's uh who I think they a and M. Then they struggled their first week as well. Yeah, they looked like shit against some. And Sam Houston. Yeah, they yeah. won thirty-one to zero. I watched a lot of that. Uh, the Appalachian State game that they played this weekend, um, and uh, it was it was putrid. Um, I could, I, you know, I, I would leave the room and be like, okay, A and M's about to do something, and then they wouldn't. You know, it was kind of a very, well similar mindset but exact opposite scoring wise to the south carolina arkansas game because every time i thought arkansas was going to just run away with the game south carolina would score again whereas every time i thought you know a&m made a stop or a or appalachian state did something stupid that a&m would finally come around they just didn't do it and um you know it's so it's so crazy it's like jimbo fisher without Jameis winston is pretty much nothing right I mean, he's an okay coach without Jameis Winston. And he has, and Jameis Winston isn't walking through that door. So I, um, the guy needs, a, I mean, we say this every year. He needs a superstar quarterback, and he Haynes, doesn't have it. Haynes King threw two picks against Sam Houston. Yeah, and he doesn't have it. And I, it, it hurts me to say this because I, I hate Miami, but I really do think that they're going to win, and I think they're going to win by probably, you know, Last last half of the second of the fourth quarter is empty, kind of shit. When do we pick up the Miami series next year? Yeah, I have no idea. I thought it was twenty twenty three. There's so much drama in the SEC. It's kind of hard being cousin D. So I'm going to be with you guys. I'm going to take Miami too. I, I I just can't can't do it. 2024, we play. We open up against Miami and Gainesville. Um, and what about the next year? Is that a home and home? Yeah, and then we play them week two. Plenty of tickets will be available at game time down there. Yeah. Oh, there won't be any. It'll be all orange and blue. That's true, but yeah. We still yeah. might lose. Look at this. In 2025, it's USF at home, at Miami, and then FA, and, and uh, Florida A&M at home. Coming up with three Florida schools. Oh, never mind. That's all kind of screwed up. They don't know what's going on with the schedule. But well, yeah, they, yeah, yeah that I think we're looking at the same thing. They have the dates yeah. and the conference games locked in. Right, right. Never mind. Yeah, and then um, then the certain affiliates. But obviously, we're going to play. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. I thought it was. I thought that was fairly unique, but that's not what's happening. But yeah. So USF, Miami, and Florida A and M in the same year, and Florida State. I guess all we have to do is play fucking. Bethune, I'm sorry, or FAU. So 2026, we're at North Carolina State. Yeah, forgot about that. Maybe we can find that one check. (laughs) 
She probably don't look. <laughs> probably, probably don't look the same. She'll probably put out a kid before then. So when's uh, already already has, has her when's trailer uh, been destroyed in tornado yet? Yeah. Oh, we got a cow in twenty twenty six. What about uh? Don't you go to Utah next year? Yeah, we're at Utah first game of the year. First game of the year on the road. Salt Lake City. That's wacky. Get your near beer ready. Can we just fly with wheat? <laughs> I wouldn't. Anyway, so okay, everybody. That was for this week's edition of the Bourbon Boys. Remember what I said at the beginning of the episode. Like, subscribe, follow, rate us high, and share with your friends. For Mall Liquor, Gus, our producer, Dr. Riffick, I am Cousin Bailey. And we'll see y'all next week. Send me some beer. Peace.